Good to see you. Welcome. Welcome to those of you gathering in person with us for church this morning. Welcome to those of you just joining us. Welcome to those of you joining us online as well. Uh, you have come to worship with the saints at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church, and we're glad to have you with us. My name is Matthew. I'm the senior pastor here on, be- on behalf of all of us. Glad uh, to be together today on a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and as we're getting started this morning, I want to highlight a couple of things for you. Uh, one is that when we worship, uh, we do so using a printed liturgy, and you can find in there the things that we're singing and saying together. And also, there's a little bit of extra help in terms of some directional arrows, which you may have remembered seeing before. Those are guides for all of us, uh, because some of us are new to worship, and we'll talk about that in a second. But in addition to that, you'll also find some important information about things happening in the life of our congregation and I want to highlight two of those things for you. The first is that today is, is last call for graduate information. Uh, so for those folks whom we know in our church, in our community, who are graduating from high school or from college, making life transitions, can you please make sure you get that information to Sadie so that we can be sure to mark and notice the things happening in their life, which we're going to do next weekend. And that's the th- second thing I wanted to highlight for you which is that next Sunday, June 5, we have a chance to remember, to mark, and honor some of these important moments in the lives of our students and members of our church. We're going to notice people rising into third grade. We're going to notice and remember and give thanks for people graduating from high school and from college, making transition. We're also going to mark faith journeys, too, for six students in our congregation who will be making profession of faith one of whom is also going to be baptized. So please join us for that really special, exciting Sunday next week. Uh, And speaking of excitement, we have some excitement today as well because it's Family Sunday, and I'm going to hand it off to my friend Kate to tell us a little bit about that. Good morning. So on the fifth Sundays, we do Family Sunday, which means we're all together worshiping And we might hear some extra whispers and notice some extra wiggles, and that's okay. And if anybody needs to take a little break or a wiggle break back under the balcony, that's great. Or take a little walk out into the fellowship hall, that's okay too. Um, I also wanted to recognize um, some volunteers. We don't break for the summer um, from our Kids Street Nursery and Echo programs, and so there's no like natural break to recognize our volunteers. Um, but I didn't prompt you on this. I would like all the volunteers for children's ministry, any aspect of children's ministry, can you stand up? There's lots of you here, don't be shy. Stand up if you're a children's ministry volunteer. And there's many, many more. Thank you so much. I want to tell you that your time is appreciated. Um, Thank you for loving and serving the kids. And so our fifth Sunday is also kind of a break for our volunteers as well because we're all here together. Yeah, thank you, Kate. Our fifth Sunday is always great for me because I'm a little less worried if I drop my pen or something that it's going to make quite so much noise because we're all doing that, right? Uh, Friends, uh, would you please rise in body or in spirit as we gather for worship today? The Lord is the one who has welcomed us, who has words for us, and who has a meal as well. So friends, uh, say this call to worship with us. Friends, the Lord be with you. 
Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, through the working of the Holy Spirit. We stand in the presence of Christ, who arose from the grave. He died and rose that we might have eternal life. All thanks. This same Christ has ascended to the Father in heaven.
from death to life and crowned him Lord of all. We confess that we have not bowed before him, but have gone along with the ways of the world and failed to give him glory. Forgive us. Friends, take a moment in a silent confession. Hear the good news of the gospel. 
God, who is rich in mercy, out of an unbreaking love, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Jesus Christ is our atoning sacrifice, not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Thanks Christ be forgiven. Thanks be
peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's greet those around us. Friends, it's good to be together this morning to raise our voices in song, to say hi, to shake hands, to give hugs. We do this because this is also part of worship, and this is what all those things that we sang about, the cross, what Jesus has done for us, all of that makes it possible for us to give each other a handshake and to say, peace be with you, because God has done all of the work to give peace with us. And thinking about the things that God has done opens our eyes to other kinds of things that we can sing and say and do together. One of those things that we can do is when we come to church, we don't just say the happy and hopeful things. We can also trust that in the presence of God, we can bring him the things that scare us, that hurt us, that make us feel afraid and lost and confused. We can say thank you for all the things that God has given us, and we can say please help us for the places where this world and our own lives need his help. So we get to do that together now in prayer. Friends, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, you are very great. You are worthy of glory in our lives and in this world. Just as the sun comes through our windows and makes the day bright, this is what we want in our own lives and in the world around us. Lord, we use the word good to describe so many things, but Jesus was right when he said that only God is good. And when we see glimpses of your goodness, we are aware of just how true that is. Please continue to show us your goodness. Please show us all the things that make you worthy of glory. Make your glory known in the earth, Lord God. Be glorified in the world around us. Be glorified in your church. Be glorified in us as we worship you this morning. Lord, thinking about how great and good you are, we realize that we are very small. Even so, please help us to see glory and to make glory manifest in and through even small us. Though small, please use us to make your name and the nature of your grace larger and easier to see in the world around us. Help us to live in such a way that we become like magnifying glasses, making your goodness and glory to our colleagues and neighbors and friends and enemies and our children and our parents a little bit easier to spot. Use us to show the people in our lives what Jesus looks like to see your salvation in the flesh, and to see hope for all the world. Today, wanting light, we are thinking about some very dark places, O God. Today, in our country, it is Memorial Day, and that is a day when we remember. We remember people whom we have lost who went away because they were giving their lives to greater things, like caring for their country and protecting people who cannot protect themselves. Lord, as we miss those people who have given up their lives, we ask that you would help us to see again that all love is sacrifice. 
and that you call us to the same path in our own lives, no matter what outfit we wear. Lord, we are thinking about other kinds of people that we have lost too. This weekend, many people will visit graves and they will pull out photos and they will remember people who they don't have. Lord, we ask that in the places where these memories are dark and these days are dark, would you draw near and bring light and hope to those folks? But Lord, it is not just dark close to home. It can be dark in the world around us. And so we remember, too, people who are grieving and mourning loved ones whom they lost in Buffalo. We grieve and we lament so many acts of violence done with such efficiency. Lord, would you draw near to those who are hurting this morning? And would you help our leaders to find ways to make laws that protect everyone? Lord, we think of a, another shooting in Invalde, Texas as well. Those people were like us too. Some of them were young, and some of them were just going to school. Lord, we grieve with those families who did not know that it was coming and who did not get a chance to say goodbye. Lord, would you watch over and protect and draw near to those families too. Lord, it is some of the people who are most needy and vulnerable around us who are most at risk. We think also of babies and infants and children who are not able to get enough to eat because of a formula shortage. Lord God, we ask that you would provide for their needs. Lord Jesus, you have made us a family. And in a couple of weeks, our brothers and sisters are all going to get together for a big meeting called Synod. It's been a couple of years since we've had a chance to have this meeting because of the pandemic and the sickness and the virus. There are a lot of important things to talk about. And it's been a long time since we've seen each other. And everyone is very nervous. And so we ask, O oh God, that you would watch over and protect and care for the people who are going on our behalf to have this conversation and these meetings. And we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would help all of those gathered to be good listeners and to speak with grace and truth, and that you would lead your church through the people whom you have called to serve it. Lord, we are a church here too. You have asked us to be the kind of people who can testify, who can give witness to the things that you're doing in our lives. So when people ask us to explain what's different about us, would you give us the words to answer thoughtfully and well with wisdom and grace? When people wonder out loud who Jesus is and why he matters, would you grow a reply in us through words and actions that bring the reality of your gospel deeper into our lives and further into the world? Help us to magnify your name, Jesus, so that you might be glorified in all the earth. And we ask now that you would pour out your spirit more on us as we continue to worship. Send your spirit so that we might hear your grace in words and through song. Give us words then to echo back the things that we hope and long for, our thanksgivings and the things that make us happy through prayer and song. Nourish us, Lord, by speaking to us. And prepare us to meet with Jesus through your word 
and lead us to the table where you have already set it with everything that we need. We are looking forward to it even now. We pray this in your name. Amen. Providentially, last Tuesday, uh, the lesson introduced us to the English word from the Greek, paraclete. And that means one called to side of another. And listen to Jesus answer many of the questions on that last night when he said he would no longer be with them. Our reading is from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. And Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another friend to help you and be with you forever. That friend is the spirit of truth. The word can't accept him. And the world can't because the world does not see him or know him. But you know him. He lives with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you like children who don't have parents. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me, because I live and you live also. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father. You will know that you are in me and I in you. Anyone who has my commands and obeys them loves me. My Father will love the one who loves me. I too will love them. And I will show myself to them. And then Judas spoke, Lord, he said, why do you plan to show yourself only to us? Why not also to the world? The Judas who spoke those words was not Judas Iscariot. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. We will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. The words you hear me say are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. I have spoken all these things while I am still with you, but the Father will send the friend in my name to help you. The friend is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I have said to you. I leave my peace with you, and I give my peace to you. I do not give it to you as the world does. So do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Hello again. Good to see you guys. As we, um, as we turn to God's word this morning, these words from John 14. We'll be looking at a couple weeks at some of these things that Jesus is teaching his disciples in these critical moments right before he leaves. This Sunday in John 14, next Sunday in John 15 and 16, and then the prayer that Jesus offers on our behalf in John 17. But as we get started this morning, we always do that with a prayer, but I wonder if we could make that prayer together. Would, would you try something with me? Yeah? 
Yeah? Yeah? Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's sing a refrain. Right, you just join me. Ready? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. Good, you know it. I want to see. Good, let's do that again. This is our prayer. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Amen. At our house, we've been reading some great storybooks recently, and I wanted to share one with you that's been fun for us lately. It's about Anne of Green Gables. I wonder, do any of you know this story? Well, these ones are really great because they're written in simpler language, and they have great pictures. So this one is called Anne's Kindred Spirits. I'm going to read a little bit. The day dawned bright and clearly at Green Gables. Anne and Marilla were staring at three dresses on Anne's bed. They were all very plain. Anne wished they had puffed sleeves. Don't you like them? Asked Marilla. I can imagine I like them, said Anne. Marilla sighed. I don't want you to imagine... They're plain, sensible dresses. Now put one on. We're going to see Mrs. Barry and her daughter, Diana. Diana is your age. Oh, Anne forgot about the puffed sleeves. More than puffed sleeves, Anne wished for a bosom friend, a kindred spirit who would be her best friend. But Marilla, what if Diana doesn't like me? Said Anne as they walked to Mrs. Barry's farm, Orchard Slope. It would be the most tragical disappointment of my life. Don't get into a fluster. Just try to make, just don't, just try not to make any of your strange speeches, said Marilla. Chapter 2. At Orchard Slope, Mrs. Barry opened the door. Marilla said hi and introduced her. This is Anne. Anne with an E, said Anne. And how are you? Mrs. Barry asked. I'm good in body, but rumpled in spirits, ma'am, said Anne. Then to Marilla, she said, that wasn't too strange, was it? Marilla raised her eyebrows. Mrs. Barry did, too. Well, Anne, this is my little girl, Diana. Diana, why don't you take Anne out to play, said Mrs. Barry. Diana was sitting on the couch reading. She looked up and gave Anne a merry smile. Anne smiled back. Diana reads too much, Mrs. Barry added to Marilla as Diana led them outside. Diana loved reading just like Anne, and her hair was black as a raven's wing, not red. Diana was perfect. But would Diana like her? Anne and Diana walked in the garden. They looked at flowers. Diana picked some. Anne was so nervous, she couldn't wait any longer. Oh, Diana, said Anne, do you think you could be my bosom friend? Diana laughed. Diana always laughed before she spoke. I guess so, she said frankly. It will be nice to have someone to play with. 
Will you swear to be my friend forever and ever? asked Anne. Diana looked shocked. It's bad to swear. Not this kind, Anne said quickly. This kind is just promising solemnly. Well, I don't mind doing that, agreed Diana, relieved. How do you do it? You join hands like so. And then you say, I solemnly swear to be faithful to my bosom friend as long as the sun and moon endure. After, Diana laughed again. You're a funny girl, Anne Shirley, but I think I will like you real well. She paused. Next week, there's going to be a Sunday school picnic with ice cream. Would you like to come? Would I? Oh, Diana, I've never been to a picnic. I've dreamed of picnics, but... So I suppose that's a yes, giggled Diana. Oh, yes. Positively, yes. Anne with an E was a girl with an imagination and a vocabulary to beat all. She wanted a bosom friend, someone who would stay with her, who would love her no matter what. And in Anne's unique way of living in the world, the way that she got one was to ask Diana to solemnly swear to be her friend and locked it down before she could change her mind. Anne knew that she wanted that she needed someone in her life who was going to be there through all of life's ups and downs. Of course, she craved this because she was an orphan. Anne knew what it was like to be a child without parents. She knew what it was like in the orphanage to be the older girl who was taking care of all the younger orphans without anyone to take care of her. She carried the very real worry that no one would ever want her. Yeah, Anne knew just how important a forever friend was because she knew firsthand how cold and lonely the world could be. And perhaps this is something like what Jesus' disciples might be feeling this morning because in Jesus, they have found a best friend, someone who helped them and someone who loved them unconditionally. But today, Jesus, their best friend, is in the upper room just before he leaves, and he is telling them very seriously that he is leaving, and they are troubled, and they are worried that this might make them orphans. Jesus did not want them to worry. At the beginning of this conversation in John 14, before we started, Jesus was trying to tell them not to be troubled. He said, when I leave, I am going to my Father's house, and I am going to get things ready for you. But Thomas asked the anxious question, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. Maybe that's just like how sometimes we get nervous before mom and dad leave us to go out for the evening. They leave us with a babysitter or maybe before they drop us off at school. The disciples too seem to be feeling very troubled that Jesus is leaving. Jesus, why do you have to leave? We don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. Well, actually, he's not just leaving, is he? Jesus is telling them that he is going to die. 
No wonder they're grieved. No wonder they worry about being alone. We do too. Sometimes the world can feel like a very lonely place because sometimes we have a lot of things to worry about. When you are small, you go to sleep at night, usually without too many fears. You don't have to worry if the roof is going to leak or if the heating bill has been paid or if there's food in the refrigerator for breakfast. But when you get bigger, your concerns get bigger too, and sometimes so do your fears. Big people can have trouble sleeping at night because they worry about bills. And they are trying to remember when was the last time the roof was inspected. Yeah, I once heard a story about a, a mom who had a huge pile of laundry in her basement. Well, the week had been so busy, the laundry just kept piling up and everyone just kept piling it in the basement in heaps. And it was her job in that family to do the laundry. And so she got the kids breakfast and she took them to school and she went to the grocery store and she brought the food home and she put it away in the refrigerator. She was going to do the laundry. She went downstairs. But when she saw the pile Dirty socks, rumpled blouses next to jeans with grass stains on the knees and a billowing accumulation of bed sheets. She froze. She locked up like the Tin Man after a rainstorm in The Wizard of Oz. Why? It's just laundry, right? No. It wasn't just laundry. It was a pile of all of the things about her life that she was responsible for and never, ever, ever could finish. It was a tangible manifestation that she was alone and she needed help. And do you know what that mom standing there frozen in her basement said? She said to herself, I need a friend who can help me sort the piles. Life can feel very lonely when you have a lot of responsibility, and that can make you really wish that you had a friend who would be there to help you. Jesus was just this kind of friend. Right? There's this one time that Peter's mother was very, very sick, and she could not get out of bed, and she had things to do, and people are coming over for dinner, and Peter is worried about her. They don't have doctors. And she was probably worried too. Do you know what Jesus did? He healed Peter's mother. He helped her. She got up and she served Jesus back. But Jesus did things like that for many different people. He was a friend who was there when people needed help and all they had to do was ask. But today, Jesus says, I have to leave. But we don't want him to leave. We need his help too. Because our lives get very lonely with all of the things that pile up. Sometimes we feel alone. And not just because there's so much we're responsible for, but because we have so few people in our lives who accept us. There's a very smart thinker a while ago named Paul Tournier. He was a Swiss psychiatrist, and that means that he spent his life studying people, the things that drove them, that made up who they were, that they worried about, and that they loved. And he said that most of the relationships, interactions that we have in this world, the things that we call normal everyday life, 
he characterized them as a cycle of criticism, guilt, and self-justification. He described it like this. In everyday life, we are continually soaked in an unhealthy atmosphere of mutual criticism. Someone scrutinizes us for doing something wrong, and then we feel guilty about it, and so do they, and then we try to protect ourselves from the guilt by pointing out things that other people are doing wrong, and then by telling ourselves that at least we aren't as awful as they are. And the cycle continues. And when I read that, I remember thinking to myself, I think Paul Tournier is describing middle school and high school. Sometimes the cafeteria can feel like a place where everyone is watching you, scrutinizing you, looking for flaws and failures to point out, and you are scrutinizing them for the same thing. And some of us hide our weaknesses well, and some of us cannot hide them, and school can be a very lonely place. But the thing is, it doesn't stop when you graduate. We continue to swim in an ocean of judgment and negative scrutiny. We are criticized for our success or our failure or both or our life choices or our car or our house or our appearance or our children or our retirement options and on and on. The cycle goes on. Is it any wonder to any of us that the world is full of angry sports or angry leaders or angry Facebook posts? or angry music. And living in a world like this can really make you long for a friend who will accept you no matter what. In fact, this is exactly the kind of friend that Jesus was for the disciples. I mean, Jesus, he picked them for friends. He walked up to Peter and Nathaniel and Thomas and James and John. He came to them. And he said, I am picking you. I want you to be my friends. Why them? Was it because they were popular or cool or had the best haircuts? No. Jesus didn't pick them because of anything that they did. He picked them because he wanted to. And that must have made them love Jesus so very much. Because they didn't have to prove that they were the smartest or the best or the most loyal or the bravest or the strongest to get Jesus to like them. In fact, most of the time, they weren't any of those things. But Jesus picked them for different reasons, didn't he? He picked them because he loved them. Oh, and friends, if you had found someone in your life who knew you all the way to the bottom and still wanted to have lunch with you, wouldn't you want to hold on to them forever too? Because Jesus is the true friend. In him we find someone who will accept us unconditionally and who will challenge us to change our lives graciously. And we don't ever want to let him go. And neither did the first disciples. And so Jesus' disciples are very worried that he's going to leave. But Jesus, friends, my, says, my friends, I'm not going to leave you like children without parents. I will not leave you as orphans. Jesus, I think, wants us to see, to understand 
that he is not leaving because he's mad at us. In fact, he is going to die, but he's not doing that to get away from us. Jesus is not going to Jerusalem to get away from us. He is doing it for us. He is not leaving. He is taking our place. He is representing us in death and before God the judge, like a friend who stands as an advocate on your behalf when you cannot stand yourself. Because what the Bible tells us is that in truth, we are orphans. We all wandered away from God. We rejected Him. And we got so lost for so long that we actually forgot that God was our Father. We began to think that God couldn't be trusted, that He wasn't real, and that we would have to figure everything out on our own. We did not trust that God would help us. But all that happened the more, but the more that this happened, the more we got lost and the more suspicious. And that made us take things from each other and live only for ourselves. And the consequence of this is that we began to feel so guilty for all of the ways that we have treated each other that we began to think we could never go home even if we wanted to because God would never take us back. We were orphans. And that is why Jesus came here. He came here to bring God to us because we could not get to him. And that is also why Jesus must leave again and go to the cross. But he says, I will not leave you as orphans. You see, the Father and the Son together, they decided together that they would come here and that they would make a sacrifice for our sins so that we could come home. Jesus is leaving to die so that we can come home. Jesus says, but I won't be gone forever. Soon the world will not see me anymore, but you will. Soon, Jesus says, I will go away, but then in a little while you will actually see and understand me better than you ever have before. Soon, you will know deep in your heart that God the Father loves you and that I love you. Soon, you will want to obey my words, not because you're afraid that I don't love you, but because you know deep in your bones that I already do. Jesus is telling them that he has to leave, but that in a little while, he is about to become even more real to them than he has ever been. How does that happen? Why will that happen? Well, because Jesus will ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will stay with us. And the Holy Spirit will live inside of us. And the Holy Spirit will be our forever friend. The Spirit is the friend who reminds us when we need help of all the things that Jesus ever said. We don't have to memorize them ourselves. The Spirit will whisper them to us when we need them. When we feel lost, Jesus reminds us that he shows us the way to God. When we are overwhelmed, Jesus reminds us that not a hair can fall to, from our heads without God knowing. And when we are scared, it's the Spirit that reminds us that Jesus faced death for us and died for us so that even when we are lost, we are not apart from God. And when we don't know what to say, the Spirit is the friend who whispers the words. 
And when we are worried that God might not really forgive us, it is the Holy Spirit who testifies in our hearts that we are really children of God. We have been adopted. And even more than that, we have been let into the fellowship and the friendship of God himself. Jesus asks the Father to give us the Spirit. The Father gives us the Spirit. The Spirit gives us Jesus, and Jesus gives us the Father. Jesus had to leave, but he left us peace. He gave us peace. And so, friends, do not let your hearts be troubled, and and don't be afraid. For once you were without God and without any hope in the world, but now God has given you the Spirit, and the Spirit testifies in our hearts that we really are children of God. And that means that no matter where we go in this world, no matter how lonely things can seem, the Spirit gives us Jesus, who gives us the Father, who gives us the Spirit, and we're home. We are home. And so come and eat, for everything's ready. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, it really is astounding and amazing that you could leave and then somehow be more real, more clear, more noticeable to us than when you were here physically with your disciples in that upper room. We don't understand how this can be, but we believe you. And so believing, would you open our eyes to see? And the next question that comes, God, is, well then, what about everyone else? And so we ask that seeing and knowing you, that you would reveal yourself to the people who do not know you the same way that you revealed yourself to us, by coming close, by loving us, by teaching us to love each other. We pray this in your name. Amen. As a church for the last couple of months, we have been trying to understand what these things that God tells us mean by interacting with them together, both in a sermon discussion, but also through some gospel formation, some catechism opportunities that we've been trying. And they have come to the end of their journey for the first part, but we would like to share some of what they have learned with you. And so I'm going to have Kate come up and tell us about that. So during our gospel formation time, which is new, this is something new that we've tried. Some of you have done a sermon discussion back here, and some of my young friends have joined us downstairs for a catechism class. So I, I wanted to recognize all the adults and teens that have taught the kids. We have Diana, Emily, Allie, Annika, Eli, Caden, and Lily. They've done a wonderful job teaching and loving the kids. And I wanted to recognize the kids that were down there learning. In our older group, we had Ben, Henry, and Dawson. In our younger group, we had Shiloh, Simeon, Kana, Mariah, Julia, Matthew, and Caleb. In the older group, they had a curriculum. They went in more depth 
Um, they had some lessons and activities and games. In the younger group, we based most of what we did on songs and crafts. Um, we got pretty messy with crafts, didn't we? Lots of glue and sparkles and stickers. Um, all the songs helped us learn the questions and answers in our New City Catechism book. We all got this nice little book that helped us uh, go through. So we finished the first part, um, questions 1 through 20. Part 1 is God, creation, and fall, law. So we finished part 1. And we did sort of a little celebration at our last time that we met. And we wanted to share that with you. Um, so I'm going to ask my young friends to come on up. I see some of you over here. Let's see. Yep, come on up. I wonder, is Matthew and Julia here? Maybe not. But they can celebrate from afar. And I have some ribbons and egg shakers. And we're going to show you how we celebrated. And I'm going to tell you what's um, going to be up on the screen is question 20 from New City Catechism. And there we go. And these are the words to the songs. This is how we learned all of these questions and answers by singing them. So if anybody else, let's see, do our teachers want to come up? Allie and Annika, <laughs> if you want to. Um, if any other kids want to come up and celebrate with us too, you don't need to know the song. You can just shake along um, with us. And our friends that are up here, you can sing or you can just dance. All right, let's, let's celebrate together. Let's, um, any adults that want to join in, please join in with us. We want to see you move in, and you can get a shaker if you want to.
Thank you so much. You can, you can take your seats. I bet all of you are going to go home singing this song. And now you can see why we used music, because um, some of my friends can't read. And we sang these songs and sang these songs. Uh, our teens that were our teachers, they walk around singing these songs too. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you, Kate, for leading us in that. Uh, who is the only redeemer? That's right. And that's why we are invited to come to this table, because the only redeemer has done all that is necessary for our life with God and our salvation to come here. In other words, he has set the table with everything on it that we need, and all is ready. So let's give thanks together. We're going to use a communion liturgy that we've used when we have our young friends with us, so it'll be a little bit different than we have other weeks. Let's do this together. Ready? The Lord be with you. Set your hope on God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Friends, this is the table of the Lord. He invites all who love and trust in him alone for their salvation to sit with him and to share in this joyful feast. Together, it is our joy to say thank you to God for this meal and for saving us today and always. We thank you, God, creator of all. You gave us life and you loved us before we even knew you. We thank you, God, for your son, Jesus Christ. His death freed us from sin. His resurrection gives us new life. His return will bring us to live in God's house forever. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. May the Spirit make this bread and cup a holy meal of faith. Amen. Why do we come to this table? We come to this table because Jesus invited us here. To remember him, Jesus tells us to eat this broken bread and to drink this cup in true faith and to keep doing this until he comes again. In this meal, God tells us that our sins have been completely forgiven through the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus' body was broken and Jesus' blood was shed. God also tells us that the Holy Spirit makes us one with Christ and through Jesus, one with all other Christians. Let us all together, young and old, familiar and new, remember the story of how this meal began. See, the night before Jesus was arrested, he was eating with disciples. And like always, he took some bread, he thanked God, and he broke it. But on this last night with his friends, he added some wonderful words. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In this, when they had finished eating, Jesus took the cup. And after giving thanks to God, he gave it to them, saying... This cup makes you sons and daughters in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this to remember me. So now, following Jesus' commands and his example, we take this bread and this cup, the ordinary things of the world which Christ has made special. And so even today, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we remember Jesus' death until he comes again. What faith do we declare at this table? Christ has died, Christ has risen, 
Christ will come again. Come then, people of God, to the joyful feast of our Lord. Please pray with me. Loving God, you made this world marvelous for us to enjoy. You gave Jesus to be our Savior, Lord, and friend, and to bring us to you. You send your Spirit to make us one family in Christ. Through your goodness, we have this bread and juice to offer and to share, which the earth has given and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing of this bread, and through your word, may we know the power of your salvation. We celebrate today because Jesus shared his life with disciples and shared it with the church in the centuries before, and he shares it with us now. And so make us one in Christ and one with each other through this meal. Amen. Brothers and sisters, come for all is ready. This is the table of the Lord prepared for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Go ahead and take your single-serve container. It's a little bit tricky, so just be careful when you open it. We're going to do the bread side first. Ready? Small fingers, it takes a while, right? Brothers and sisters, take, eat, remember and believe that the body of our Savior was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. When you're ready, go ahead and turn it over. If you need help, you can ask a big person. Brothers and sisters, take, drink, remember and believe that the, body, the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. When we do this, it's only a little piece of bread and a little bit of juice. By the power of the Spirit, God takes this little bread and this little juice and turns it into a great big meal of faith for us. And it is right and fitting that we should say thank you. And so let's do that together. For your amazing sacrifice that has made us clean and forgiven and free. For the bread and wine that uh, help us to remember your amazing love for us. For making us part of your body, the church for blessing us so that we can bless others in the world. Amen. Friends, let's sing together. Would you rise and body your spirit?
Friends, we continue our response to God by lifting up our voices in song and lifting up our hands to give back some of the things that God has entrusted to us. We've been giving as a church by dropping off checks at the bas- and the box in the front during the week through the mailbox or by donating online. Having done that together, would you join me in a prayer? Lord Jesus, out of the abundance of what you have given to us, would you receive back the lifting of our hands and the things that we're giving to you and that you would use them as a, uh, a way to build up your name in our community and in the world. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, yep. So uh, we continue our response to God together by proclaiming the ancient faith of our church, which has been passed down and handed to us. Let's lift it up together. This is the Apostles' Creed. Friends, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he suffered and conscious was crucified. our hands, we lift our voices for this faith that we proclaim, that we hold together. God has one less blessing for you that comes down to us. So open your hands and receive God's parting blessing. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. From Jesus Christ, who was the faithful witness, raised and ascended to heaven. We owe it all to him who loves us and who has freed us from our sins by his blood. To God be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's go singing.
friends, go in peace to love and serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Go in peace.